We're in the book of Proverbs and talking about that God has an app for every area of your life. I, I brought my iPad with me to see what apps I had downloaded on it and I've got the yellow pages and uh, Google Earth so I can find some of you. The Bible, the Bible Reader, the Billy Graham Organization, got Kindle, Facebook, Map of Jerusalem, uh, Civil War, Courageous, Courageous. Oh, uh, uh, hmm. Dictionary. Ooh, there's a sermon on here. Maybe I could find one. Uh, sermon audio. Okay, I don't want that today. I, I think I've got one. Bill Cosby, <laughs> uh, Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Mark Twain, the Augusta National Golf Course, <laughs> the Drudge Report, Beatles Trivia. I've got two Beatles apps. Hmm. Interesting. Just about it. Fly Delta. <laughs> Never ready when you are. Um, <laughs> Weather Channel, Twitter, that's just about everything I need to take with me when I'm traveling. The problem is if you don't ever get this thing out and open up the app, it doesn't do you any good. I mean, I have them all on this screen and I can say, oh, look at this cool app I've got. Look at this cool app I've got. Oh, there's my Logos Bible study. I can look at a bunch of stuff on there and look at this. I got all these cool apps, but if you don't use them, they're not doing you any good. You and I have to learn how to use the apps. Have you ever met anybody and they've talked to you and they've said, oh man, I found this great app that you can use and it does this and this and this. And you go, oh, that's good, man. I, that's, I like that. I need to download that. And then you download it and you never use it. Or maybe you've done this. Slide to power off. I know what God says, but I'm going to turn that app off. You see, one of the things you got to learn about Proverbs is you don't get to pick and choose which ones you use and which ones you apply if you want to be wise. Amen. You have to apply all of them because all of them are essential and all of them are important and all of them help you understand what wisdom looks like. The Proverbs are not written for us to pick and choose the things that that we may like or we may favor or we may want to tell our kids they need to pay attention to. The Proverbs are written so that we can make application to life, to business, to family, to choices, to social life. Every aspect of life is somehow dealt with in the book of Proverbs. I mean, it, it just covers the gamut of how we're supposed to live. And so I want to begin in Proverbs chapter 1. And I want us to read the first seven verses because these are words of Solomon to his son. Now, all of the Proverbs were not written by Solomon, but because he wrote the bulk of them, they're called the Proverbs of Solomon. The wisest man who ever lived has given us wisdom on how to live. And, and so we need to pay attention and see how God's wisdom plays itself out in our lives. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To discern the sayings of understanding. 
to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Here's what Proverbs does. Proverbs teaches us how to fix our eyes on eternal standards and principles. Proverbs is, is written to go across the ages, across culture, and these are truths and principles that help us know how to live and how to be wise. How many of us have ever watched television, have ever watched people out in the world and said, that person just is not very smart? They're just not acting very smart. Well, Proverbs tells us how to act smart in a right way. Not to be a smart aleck, but to be smart. He gives stability to our thinking. And this study that we're going to be in is not so much a study in theology or apologetics as much as it is seeing how God's Word applies to when you walk out of this building. Because you see, if God's Word is only heard in this building and never heeded when we get out into the real world, then we've missed the point of what God's given us His Word for. Faith has works, being results in doing. The Word of God should give us wisdom so that we don't make the mistakes that lost people make or that the naive make or that the foolish make. That when they see our responses and our dealing with life, they see a wisdom in us and they ask, where did you get that wisdom? And you don't have to be highly educated to have it. Some of the wisest people I've ever met have not been highly educated. And some of the dumbest people I've ever met had multiple degrees. Because these are common sense truths. God has given us in how to live. And to be honest with you, we live in a soundbite society. And so these are soundbites. These are thoughts that are easily memorized and quickly embraced. Uh, Somebody has described Proverbs as a book of Hebrew bumper stickers. You ever get behind one of these cars that's got 8,000 bumper stickers on the back? That's what they did instead of going for that $99 paint job. They just put another bumper sticker over a rust spot. These are Hebrew bumper stickers, not promises, but guidelines. The, the style is not in-your-face preaching as much as the writer is giving us wise sayings and wise thoughts and even riddles. Now, just think about some of the riddles that you've heard in, in your life. Let me, let me just give you a couple of riddles. Uh, when did five people sleep in the same bed in the Bible? When Abraham slept with his forefathers. <laughs> Honey, I didn't get that one. What was that? What was that? 
Who's the shortest man in the Bible? Bildad the shoe height. Shoe height. Shoe height. Now some of you ladies in heels, he's a little taller than he is. With. What did John the Baptist and Kermit the Frog have in common? Same middle name. Y'all with me? We can do this all day if you want to. But let's not. How do you download this app? First of all, it begins on knowing where to look. It begins on knowing where to look. You see, you first you have to believe that these apps will help you. You have to say, God, I, I need wisdom. Now, when we get God's wisdom, it'll change our way of thinking. It'll change our outlook. It'll impact our worldview. It will affect our decision-making. You've got to know where to look. There's no need to waste your time if you're going to pick and choose which app you want to look at and which one you want to apply. The key word is wise or wisdom. It's used 125 times in these 31 chapters. Now, anything that's repeated that much in that short a space is something that we need to grab hold of. God has given us his wisdom. These, this book belongs in the wisdom literature, which includes Job and Ecclesiastes. God has given us wisdom. Let, let me define wisdom for you. Wisdom is being able to see life from God's perspective and then acting on it. It is being able to see life from God's perspective and then acting on it, applying God's wisdom to my life. You see, it's one thing to see life from God's perspective. You know, that's the way, that's the way we ought to think. It's another thing to act on it, to live it out. The scripture says, knowing what is right to do and not doing it is a what? Is a sin. So if I know that this is God's wisdom and I don't act on it, I am sinning against God. So wisdom is being able to see life, get God's perspective on what life ought to look like, ought to be like, ought to sound like, ought to feel like, and then acting on it and applying it to my own life. Warren Wiersbe describes it this way, people with wisdom have the skill to face life honestly and courageously and to manage it successfully so that God's purposes are fulfilled in their lives. These principles do not operate in a vacuum. In fact, the writer of Proverbs, the word wise, talks about a skillful person, a practical person, a person of discernment, a person who knows how to give orders. And so God's wisdom is given to us. And when you look at the, the scriptures, you see that every king always surrounded himself with men. Many of them were wise men. Sometimes they were false prophets. And the king had to know how to discern and have the wisdom to make the right decision. Joseph came in to counsel the king and gave him right wisdom. Daniel gave the king right wisdom. Sometimes there were false prophets and false teachers who came in. 
But a king needed to have wisdom to make the right choices. One of the reasons why Saul never became the king that he should have been is because he didn't use the wisdom that was available to him. He did not seek wise counsel. He went and talked to a witch. He, he had a medium to get influence and insight from, and, and he made dumb decisions because he didn't seek wisdom from the prophet of God. You need to go know where to look. See, God's Word tells us to walk circumspectly or carefully, not as fools, but as wise. You and I either have been or we know someone, when you look at them and look at the choices they make, it's almost as if, if there's a wrong choice to make, they're going to make it. I mean, it's like just no matter what they do, no matter how they're taught, no matter how much instruction they get, they're going to make the wrong choice. God's Word says, walk carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. And sometimes even God's people do foolish things because they're not walking in God's wisdom. Now, let me tell you how these apps will not work in your life if there are a couple of things present. Number one, if you don't believe there's a God behind all this. If you just think these are nice words and interesting thoughts and little riddles that God somehow threw together in this book that was randomly put together that has no rhyme or reason to it. If you don't believe that God's behind all of this, these apps won't work because it's God who empowers us to live by this kind of wisdom. We don't have this wisdom on our own. God is behind the thought and the power to carry out the thought. Secondly, that God has a divine order that when followed will bring blessings. You see, God said, if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't do this, you'll be cursed. I mean, when God says don't do something, he's telling us that because he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. When he says do something, he's telling us help yourself to my blessings and my favor. Help yourself to my presence being evident in your life. Thirdly, if you don't believe that evil will ultimately be judged and righteousness rewarded. These apps won't help if you believe that there is no hell, that there is no judgment, that there are no consequences to our actions. Because then you'll just pick and choose whether you want to follow these or not. But if you believe that God is righteous and there is a judgment coming, then you'll understand that how I respond to God's wisdom is going to determine how I meet my maker on that day. And then lastly, these, the, if you think that these have, these have nothing to do with IQ but everything with character and values, they don't have anything to do with IQ. They have everything to do with character and values. And by the way, even a lost person can apply some of these principles and be smarter than some Christians who don't. Because truth is truth, whether you even understand the God behind it or not. Now, it continues with knowing who to listen to. It continues with knowing who to listen to. 
Mark Twain said, always do right. It will gratify some and astonish the rest. You got to know who to listen to. Chaucer said, nothing ventured, nothing gained. This, this book is full of one-liners. Chaucer's not in Proverbs, by the way, nor is Mark Twain. But this book is full of one-liners. One of the reasons I love Vance Havner is because he could say more in one sentence than I can say in a paragraph. He just knew how to capture a phrase and capture a thought. And, and, and the Spanish novelist defined a proverb as a short sentence based on long experiences. When Solomon is writing these words, he's probably middle-aged, and, and the word that is used in the Hebrew is proverb. It can be translated parable or allegory, but it most often means a comparison or contrast. God is giving us a comparison of those who are wise and those who are foolish, or a contrast between the results of wise decision-making and foolish decision-making. In my library, I have about uh, now about 11 or 12,000 books. I probably have three or 400 quote books, uh, maxims, uh, profound thoughts, quotes and quips, all kind of things. But I can tell you, none of those books, as great as some of those quotes are, carry the wisdom that the book of Proverbs carries. You and I have been given an astounding resource on how to make wise decisions. Secondly, how to access this app. How to access this app. It's available to you in any situation. And that's one reason why the Hebrew people memorize the apps. Because it's available to us in any situation. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a crisis here at the church. All of our servers crashed at one time. I mean, we had no access to internet. We had no access to email. We couldn't send out a prayer request. I mean, we couldn't do anything. Everything was down, and in some ways, it crippled us for about nine days. It kind of shut everything down. And, and, and as one of our folks on staff said, you know, this actually made us have to get up out of our offices and go talk to somebody else instead of just shooting them an email. Well, guess what? Sometimes life gets you to a point where you have to quit depending on your technology and all your stuff, and you just got to sit down and talk to God because that's the only thing you can do in that moment. God's wisdom is given to us 24-7. It never crashes. It never defaults. It never gets a virus. It never gets corrupted. It never gets spammed. God's wisdom is concise and clear and always available to us. The Jewish people wouldn't have had a copy of Proverbs. The average person wouldn't have, so they would have memorized it. For instance, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, most of us know that verse, but in Hebrew, it's only seven words. So even a child could memorize very easily those seven words and know the danger of pride and of haughtiness. Not only that it's available to us in any situation, but it's dangerous not to download this app. If you don't download the Proverbs into your life, it's going to be dangerous for you, and you're, find, you're going to find yourself on a slippery slope. I heard about a man that uh, had slick tires, and he got to a very steep hill, and it was slick. It, was, it had been raining. It was uh, beginning to uh, freeze over, 
And so he stopped at the top of the hill and he asked this lady that lived at the top of the hill, is this hill dangerous? She said, no, this hill's not dangerous at all. Everybody gets killed at the bottom. See, if you don't download the app, if you don't apply the wisdom, then you don't understand that there are consequences to the choices you make. Proverbs chapters 10 through 15 basically tell us the difference between the life of the wise and the life of the foolish. So verse 7, let me just look at verse 7, and then we're going to look at another verse I want you to turn to. Verse 7 of chapter 1 unlocks this book. If you want to know the key, the, the, the power button that unlocks this book, it's in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, or it could be translated the chief part of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, mark by that and turn to chapter 9 in verse 10. Chapter 9 in verse 10, because in chapter 9 and verse 10, this thought is repeated and expanded. Not only does he say it once, he says it again. Chapter 9 and verse 10 is an expansion of chapter 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now he said knowledge in verse 7. Now he says wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding at least 18 times. In Proverbs, you find the phrase, the fear of the Lord. Now, that's not being a coward before God. That's having an awe and a respect for who the Lord is. He, he says that when we have awe and respect of God, we will fear Him. We will reverence Him. We will give Him the worship due His name. We will listen to Him. We will follow him. We will obey him. That's the fear of the Lord. Chapter 14, look if you would. Chapter 14 in verse 2. He whose walk is upright fears the Lord. How do you know if somebody's walking in fear of the Lord? Their walk is upright. That's not, that's not a reference to posture. That's a reference to attitude that we walk with a righteousness, we walk with a reverence for God. Drop down to verse 6. A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil. Now, I want to give you six things that are going to come up on the screen that are results of fearing the Lord. If I fear the Lord, number one, I'll receive wisdom in my head. I'll receive wisdom in my head. That's chapter 2 in verse 1. If I fear the Lord, I'm going to have wisdom in my head. That's a wise, the wisest thing you can do is fear the Lord. Secondly, I'll treasure wisdom in my heart. I want wisdom in the seat of my emotions. I, I won't make uh, off-the-cuff emotional decisions, but I will treasure wisdom in how I respond in my heart. Thirdly, I will listen to those who are wise. I will listen to those who are wise. And by the way, if you have wisdom in your head and you treasure it in your heart, when you listen to people, you're going to know if they're wise or not. 
And you're going to know if you're getting good counsel or bad counsel. I'll listen to those who are wise. Number four, I'll surrender my mind to the mind of God. That's where the battle is. The battle is in the renewing of our mind. I'll surrender my mind to the mind of God. And if you don't have time to write it all down, just write down the reference. I'll ask God's help in decision-making, verse 3. I would just say, well, I think this is what I ought to do. No, I've got wisdom in my head. I've got wisdom in my heart. I'm listening to wise people, and I'll ask God's help in decision-making. You see, too many of us as believers say, I know what God says, but this is what I think. That's not wise. It's not walking upright to say, I know what God says, but I think I'm going to do this anyway. And then finally, to pursue God's wisdom with a passion. To pursue God's wisdom with a passion. I'm not just casually interested in God's wisdom. I want to have God's wisdom. One of the reasons why I've always tried to surround myself with older men. That's getting harder for me, by the way. <clears throat> One of the reasons I've always tried to surround myself with older men is not because all older men are wise, because not all older men are wise. There are young fools and old fools. You know, age doesn't mean maturity. Amen. Just remember that. Just because somebody's lived a lot of years doesn't mean they're wise and doesn't mean they're mature. But I try to surround myself with older men who have walked the path longer and further than I have so I can hear from them and they can speak to me about what's going on in my life. That's why I'm on the phone a lot with Tom Elliff and Warren Wiersbe and people like that because they've walked further than I have. They've seen more than I've seen. And I need to get wisdom from them because basically most of my peers are going through the same thing I'm going through. And so I don't often learn a lot from my peers. I do from some of them. But for many of them, they're going through the same struggles I am. So I need somebody that's a little older than me to help me on the journey. Now, why is wisdom important? First of all, because in Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. You don't know where wisdom is? It's in Christ. If you don't know Christ today, you can never be as wise as you think you are. Because in Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Not only that, He is our wisdom according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 24 and 30. He is our wisdom. If I want to have wisdom, then I've got to go to the altar. I've got to go to the cross. I've got to find because God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Let me just make a little quick application here. It makes no sense to many people why anybody wants to see a faith-based film. Why? Because they're foolish. Because they don't understand the deepest need of man is to figure out who he is and who God is. And you only find that at the cross. And so if we want to be wise, we want to know what God says. What does God say about marriage? What does God say about fatherhood? What does God say about being a teenager? What does God say about being a child? What does God say about 
how we run our businesses. What does God say about how we interact with others? What does God say about how we handle controversy? What does God say about our attitudes? We are wise when we go to Jesus because Jesus is the one who helps us deal with all of that. Because on our own, we'll just fight for our way. We just want our way. Solomon was the wisest ruler who ever lived, but Jesus Christ is greater than Solomon, according to Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. Now here's Solomon who's written all these Proverbs, but Jesus is greater than Solomon. So not only do I need the wisdom of Solomon, I need to take that wisdom and baptize it in my understanding that in Christ I have everything I need to live life. Let me just park right here for a minute and uh, talk to parents. Kids, you can listen. Moms and dads, I know your kid is the best one and, and, and the brightest one and the prettiest one and the cutest one and the most athletic one and the most talented one. I know all that. But I just want to tell you something. They're not wise that's your role to help them get there. Amen. I've never met a wise five-year-old. I've met a smart five-year-old. But that's why you have to say to a five-year-old, take my hand, we're going across the street. Amen. Why? Because they don't know on their own. It is a responsibility of parents to teach wisdom to those that have been entrusted into their home. It is our responsibility to teach them. You see, their bodies, sorry, their bodies mature faster than their brain does. That's just a basic fact that anybody will tell you. Our bodies mature faster than our brain does. Our brain has to catch up with our body. And just because we are smart with books doesn't mean we're smart in the ways of the world. How many girls have said, he likes me, so I need to marry him. <laughs> Honey, he can't hit a lick at a snake and he won't have a job. You can't, but he loves me. He loves his hound dog too, but that's no reason to. <laughs> you see, our job is to teach wisdom. Now, let me just give you a practical example of that, okay? Here's wisdom. Say your, your teenager is getting a learner's permit, okay? First thing you do when you get in the car is you say, hit the gas. No. First thing you do is you say, that's the brake. <laughs> you see that big pedal right there? That's how we stop. Right, right there. Put your foot on the brake. The brake. That's the brake. And then when they hit the gas pedal, not so fast. Not so fast. You know how much gasoline costs right now? I don't need a jackrabbit start here. Let's just ease out from the light. Let's just go. slow it down, slow it down. The brake, put your foot on. You see that car 300 yards ahead of you that just tapped on his brakes? You tap on your brakes, you could run into the back of them. What are you doing? You're giving them the wisdom to know not to have a wreck. 
You're trying to show them before you hurt yourself or somebody else, know where the brakes are. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom tells us where the brakes are, where we stop, where we know how to slow down, where we know how to move with the flow of life in a way where we don't get hurt or we don't hurt somebody else around us. Now the third thing, and we've got to go quickly, how to apply this app to our daily lives. At least 12 times in Proverbs we're told to hear. And so first of all, and we won't dwell here much because I've talked about this some in the past. First of all, don't make these promises in uh, Proverbs into promises. They are general statements to direct you. Proverbs shows us God's wisdom. Proverbs 3, 19 and 20. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. These are not promises, they are principles. For instance, uh, the proverb that says a gentle answer turns away wrath. Uh, I tried that in a business meeting one time in another church, and it didn't turn away anything. You know, I had a guy come up on the platform in the first church I was full-time in. He came up on the platform and started to try to cold cock me. And I said, brother, you, don't, you need to think about how you're acting inside of the Lord's house. And I mean, he was lit like a fuse. And I found out a gentle answer doesn't turn away wrath, but I knew one thing I said, if you try to hit me, God will strike you dead. You say, well, what made you think that? I don't know, but I know one thing, that that buddy backed off. (laughs) I said, you're in the presence of God's house and God will kill you right here. That wasn't a gentle answer, but it kept him from hitting me. I mean, hey, I didn't fall off the last turnip truck to come through Lee County. (laughs) Look at the three specific apps in Proverbs. They're instructive speeches in chapters 1 through 9. Chapters 1 through 9 are instructive speeches. They give us every possible reason to pursue wisdom. In chapters 10 through 15, there are wise saying the way those of us who are children of God are supposed to act. In chapters 16 through 31, there's godly counsel on various areas of life. What you need to see in these verses is that they are not so much promises on demand as a spiritual course of action. This is the course that God wants us to take. Now, be wise in your applications. Wisdom has to do with your heart as much as your head. Be wise in your applications. It has to do with your heart as much as your head. Secondly, if you're unsure of how to interpret a proverb, compare it to parallel passages. Compare it to parallel passages. And thirdly, if a proverb seems to contradict another scripture, look for deeper meanings. Look for deeper meanings. Stories told of a football coach who hired a uh, former player to help him go out and scout new players. And so he took him out on the practice field and said, well, coach, what kind of players do you want? He said, I just want you to watch practice and I want you to observe. All right, 
So he watches and he said, this guy gets hit and he falls down and he stays on the ground. Coach says, that's not the kind of player I want. Looks at another guy and he gets hit and he gets up and he gets hit and he gets up and finally he gets hit really hard and he stays down. The coach says, that's not the kind of player I want. Sees another guy and man, he's trying to make the team. He gets hit, he gets up. 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 And the grad assistant says, is that the kind of player you want? He said, no, sir. That's not the kind of player I want. He said, well, coach, what kind of player you want? He said, I want the guy that keeps knocking everybody down. <laughs> See, wisdom is knowing what to look for. And first of all, it's knowing who to look for. And the wisest thing we ever do is to admit that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And that only God can change our lives. Only God can fix that which by nature is broken in us. Only God can give us the wisdom we need to live life. Only God can show us how to live life as He intended it to be lived. So if you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior then you can download all the apps you want, but the one app you cannot go without is the application called Jesus Christ. Because the Scripture says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loved you enough that He applied Himself to this world, and He died on a cross, and He gave Himself for you. So that you could not just have wisdom, but you could have life and have it more abundantly. And for those of us who know Christ, it is a time for us to remember that just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean we're living it out, even if we say we believe the Bible to be the inerrant Word of God. That it is up to us not just to download the application, but to use it wisely. Because the only way we can teach our children and our grandchildren and this next generation to walk wisely and carefully before the Lord, the only way we can do that is if we are modeling walking wisdom ourselves.